normal then this is not the show for you please go somewhere else this is wyrd if it's getting weird it's got to be the weird mountain gals show you're listening to byron and alicia the weird mountain gals Southerners, and we have been treated once too many times to that sweet, saccharine, sweet person who then tells you, honey, that you've got such a pretty face. You would be so beautiful if you would just lose 45 pounds. Oh, my God. Honey. Yeah. How many times have you heard that? I've heard, well, I've heard that three times that I remember. And uh, <laughs> All three times I was much younger than I am now. So I was hired to be yeah, one of the nice. people that would answer the phone and answer questions and make sales for them. And I did. And uh, I remember being told one day that, you know, we'd really like to promote you and put you right up here at front, but you need to lose about 15 pounds. 
And except it, I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember how he said it, but it was a he. And he also kind of said that he'd like to date me, but I, I just needed to lose a little weight. <laughs> so that was the first time I quit that job. Well, I put in a notice and left that job uh, because of that. Because Good for you. Good for you. The next one was the one for the old fella at that phone room on Merriman Avenue, that dude. Yes. Oh, my God. And another one was a, a, a music management company that basically said, we'll sponsor you, give you a music video, send you on tour, blah, blah, blah. You got to do this and you got to lose some weight. And by the way, they also, previously to that, they had me and a lot of the other girls on something called Pen Pen. And Pen was P-H-E-N. And it was, we would go. Oh, like Fen Fen. Yes. yes yeah, Fen Fen. It was too. It was different. fentanyl. Yeah. It, it was wasn't too a different. downer. No, it wasn't a downer. It was no, like. No, no. It was like big. It was, a, it was an upper. Yeah. And it yeah. And we'd get a B12 shot and we'd get a prescription for these pills that I, I just thought it was called speed on the street. And they had green ones, blue and clear ones, and green and clear ones. And we basically, the whole busload of us were on that all the time. But I needed 15 more pounds to get gone. And it's like, damn, I wish they could see me now. I need more than 15 pounds. Yeah, you know, so. <laughs> I'd go, hey, look at this big old body. <laughs> Well, I have cousins. I have some of the most beautiful cousins in the world, and they, uh, they, uh, their grandfather, I believe, grandfather was a Cherokee. So they have that lovely kind of cafe lait skin and thick black hair, and just beautiful, beautiful women. And I remember one of the most beautiful of my cousins. Uh, my cousin who was big like me and who loved me and who was my very best friend growing up, she said, you know what? We need to get us a job at that magazine called, do you remember the magazine BBW, Big Beautiful Woman magazine? No, no, but she said, I'm... we need to get a job at that magazine, modeling clothes. And we were la laughing about it. And, oh, we go to Belks and we get all kinds of, you know, all this stuff that we thought we were just having a good time. <laughs> And her her sister, who is extraordinarily beautiful and very thin and small, said, "Well, Byron couldn't do that because they want they want women who are proportionately big, and all she has is that great big butt." Uh huh. But she said it in such a way that she I know she meant for it to be sort of a compliment <laughs> in sort of a weird way. But obviously, I've never forgotten that. And that was 40 years ago, maybe 50. Yeah. But just because, you know, I got that big butt. Because uh -huh. I always have had a big butt. Too bad it wasn't popular when I was a teenager. Boy, let me tell you, it is it is now, isn't it? Oh, my gosh. They sell these uh, leggings that have, what do you call it? Pads. Pads in yeah. the area. And so that yeah. you can look like you have a great big butt. And they, I saw something, it's been months ago, where there's a new kind of those leggings coming out 
where you can actually inflate or deflate your butt pads. And I thought, well, that'd be handy if you needed to sit down in front of people, I guess. Because what do you, you see? Know, I, there, is, there is stuff like that that I hear in the world. And I just think to myself, Lord Jesus, come because we are done here. <laughs> yeah, it's just this morning on NPR, which I listen to when I'm waking up, they were having a big old discussion about diapers. Oh, and diapers are so expensive and it's really hard to get diapers. Duh, blah, blah, diaper, diaper, diaper. And all these people talking about, and, you know, some people, they just can't afford diapers and they use like the plastic bags from the grocery store and paper towels and whatever. And I just thought, have we in one generation lost the concept of cloth diapers? Have we just lost it? Evidently. Because, yeah, the initial outlay for cloth diapers is more expensive than buying uh, the big bag of Pampers. It is. And to use cloth diapers, you need to have access to a washing machine all the time. You and can't be saving up whatever. Yeah. You, yeah. And you can't be saving them up and go to the laundromat once a month like you do. So uh, that all the all that being equal. Are you telling me these people can't afford no cloth diapers? Have we lost the concept? And nowhere in that story that I remember hearing did anybody mention cloth diapers. I was just I Maybe was shocked. The they they probably forgot they existed. Yeah. Like the concept. And of I know they're they're harder to find than they used to be, but I mean, I looked it up, I don't know, a year ago, I guess, because I was thinking of getting some for some projects I was doing. And you could get them at Walmart. Well, then they're not that hard to find, <laughs> you know. No, um, maybe you have to special order them. I don't know. But <clears throat> it just made me think, and not once did they mention, well, maybe what we needed to, go, to do is to go into these poorer communities and go, this is what your grandma used. And yes, it is a little more inconvenient than cloth diapers. I mean, than throwaway diapers. But let me show you how to do it. Let me just show you how to do it. It's not hard. Here's how you fold it. Here's how you pin it. And they got, last I saw, they had kind of fancier pins than just the great big old safety pin with a duck head on it. You remember those? Yes. <laughs> you just made me uh, have a memory I hadn't thought of in years. When I was very small, I had a favorite diaper. It was a polka dotted diaper. It was, and Aww. I used to, before I went to bed, I would have that cloth diaper. But I think back to the disposable diaper question, not that I know and not that I should have an opinion, supposedly, because I don't have kids. Um, but I think a lot of it has to do with time. Now, now they've just probably forgotten that they ever existed. But I think some people consider that they don't have time. And I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say to that. You can, yeah. Well, and I don't even have to say it because everybody that listens to me and knows this show and knows me knows what I'm going to say about yeah. it. Yeah. But I will say when, when my daughter was little, we alternated between cloth and disposables mm -hmm. and the the disposables, oh, hell yes, it takes less time. You take the diaper off, you wipe the baby's butt, you put a clean diaper on, you throw that one in the garbage. But, 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 30 years on from there, 
um, you just build all that stuff in to what you're doing in the day. Yeah. And I mean, it may be that that daycare is not going to want to deal with your diapers. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe you have to, if you have your child in a daycare, you would have to use disposables for that um, and then use cloth diapers at home. I don't know, but I would love to hear from any of our listeners uh, about that. So are they super busy moms or were they super busy moms who made a decision one way or the other? If they had it to do it again, would they? Because I know when I look back now and think, oh, man, I was so busy then. I wasn't busy. I wasn't near as busy as I am right now, even with a an infant or a toddler. Because I had built it in. I mean, that's what my day was. I yeah. wasn't working when she was really little. So I was at home with her and, you know, wiping her butt and wiping her nose and giving her food and teaching her to read and all that stuff you do with little ones. Well, that's the yeah, thing. it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think some people just are not very present or as present as that for their kids. And I'm just again, I don't get to have an opinion in theory because I don't have kids, but I do have that opinion based on observation. Some parents, yeah. they don't seem like parents. They seem like people who have a, a kid that they're taking care of, but they just don't seem like they're that involved. And then you have the other end of the spectrum where you've got helicopter <laughs> moms and so on and so forth. <laughs> Happy medium is the place to be. Yeah, it's really true. I, 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 uh, I am so blessed that I did that. And, um, but golly, I just did one. <laughs> I, I don't know about these people that, you know, have a house full of youngins, but I guess once you've done one, you might as well have more. I don't, I don't know. We knew when our daughter was born that we could put one all the way through school. We could afford to do that. We could give her all the attention she needed and all that. And, but beyond that, we weren't sure. And so we, as I like to say, we stopped with perfection because she is perfect in every way. There. Oh. That's <laughs> I don't know when this show started that we're doing because we didn't do the knock-knock or any of that. So we can huh, do it's a whole, girl, it's a whole new world. We don't know what we're going to do now. Look out. Look out, everybody. Weird mountain gals are getting weird. And I mean weird. Really, really weird. Really weird. Hey, you know what? We do need to get Dolly in our group because of not just because of what you sent, uh, but, uh -huh. but because, you know, what that woman did. She put on a Dallas Cowboy cheerleading outfit with the bear midriff and everything. And she went out there and sang dressed as a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader because why? She wanted to have fun. She and, enjoyed herself. And because and because she looked like a damn goddess. That's why. Oh yeah. She looked amazing. She amazing. She does. And there were all these people going, Well, she should she should learn how to dress her age. Blah, 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 blah. All these probably twenty five year olds. <laughs> she ought to dress her age and it's like, baby, we know what you look like. We know what Dolly looks like. So I wouldn't even start that if I was you. You know what? You what it's just that whole it's dress your age. 
I don't I, even know what that means. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, do you dress your age? Do I dress uh, my Well, I have I have clothes on and I am my age. Yeah. So you're dressing your age. That's all I can tell you. That, uh, when it brings to mind the word appropriate, which gets on my last nerve sometimes because I heard it a lot. That's just not appropriate. That's not appropriate. To yeah. who? For what? Mm. And yet... I'm not going to be a big old hypocrite about this because I know for myself, there are things that I consider inappropriate and, and I'm not going to call somebody out and go, that thing you're doing is absolutely inappropriate. But like, you know, my big bitch about listening to the news and watching the weather person, the girl meteorologist person, and she's always got some cocktail frock on. Like, oh, as soon as I finish telling y'all about this terrible winter storm that's coming in, I'm going to go have uh, cocktails with the mayor. Yeah. That's how they always look. Mm -hmm. And it's like, put on a jacket, cover your arms, look like a professional. And I don't mean a professional prostitute. I mean a professional woman doing a job in the world. I never understood the need to wear high heels as a as a meteorologist uh, they come in at six o'clock in the morning and you're watching them give the news and they're strutting around in their high heels i couldn't even figure out where to find my shoes much less put them on and walk around in that kind of uh, thing but you know at six in the morning and they're going hi and just smiling and and you know what? None of, none of the men are dressed like that. None of the men have high heels and none of the men are showing off their arms. Mm -hmm. They all have on a suit and a tie or they have on a windbreaker if they're outside or whatever. Yeah. 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 Take <laughs> note, people. Take note about who has to show. And, and there's the tyranny. If you're going to show your arms, those arms better not be flabby. Yeah. You better be working out every day when you're not in the studio in your inappropriate clothes. Given the weather report, you need to be working out so that your arms look buff. Did, did oh, you those know? arms are so beautiful. It's like, damn it. I just want to know, is it going to be wet today, <laughs> cold today, hot today? I don't care what your shoes look like. I don't care if your hair is perfect. None of that crap do I care about. Just tell me what the weather is going to be. I get it. And get some comfortable shoes on so you don't look so miserable. All right. Do you remember... It was Hall Fletcher, and his name, he was a teacher, and his name was Mr. Grover. Pat Grover, I think, was his name. Mm -mm. He was he was a teacher. He was across the hall from Mr. Nicholson. So you remember Coach Nicholson? I don't. I didn't go to Hall Fletcher. I'll never forget. He, he Mr. Grover had very well-attended classes because he was funny. People loved going to his class. Now, Hindsight being 50-50, I don't know. Or, excuse me. Hindsight being 20-20, I don't know if we got a lot of substance out of that class or not. But I'll never forget the day that he went on a rant about, started out against his wife, and it ended up against all females who would dare to have a flabby underarm. What? Yeah, well, he wasn't mad at his wife. He was just using her as an example in the beginning, and then it, it changed over to all women. Women should not ever. And girls, if you do this and this and this, you need to do this exercise. 
and he got so into it, I'm pretty sure he went across the hall and brought Mr. Nicholson in just to just so Mr. Nicholson would agree with him in front of us. It was like now, you know, and so seventh grade, my teachers were telling me, you know, do not have flabby, flabby underarm. And he, he actually would hold his arm up and he was like doing that. And uh -huh. the was cracking up. And because it was like a comedy routine. And that's the way he meant it. But he still said it, you know. And that was just. Holy crap. You just threw me into the Wayback Machine. <laughs> I remember, and it must have been a health class, where they told the girls, when you put on your bra, don't hook it in the front and then slide it, that hook around to the back. You're supposed to reach around to the back and hook it in the back so you don't get that little jiggly pouch right here. Oh, The one between your arm and your torso. If you put on your bra that way, you won't get that jiggly pouch. And that must have been seventh or eighth grade. You know what? If you don't put on the bra, you don't have to worry about it, do you? That's how I feel about it. <laughs> Me too. But there is so much stuff. There's so much stuff that when we were coming up, we said, oh, hell no, I'm not doing that. What, what the hell's wrong with you? Like shaving your legs, shaving your underarms, wearing a bra, any of that stuff. We weren't going to be told by society who, what we could wear and how we should wear any of that other stuff. Well, now, oh, my God, you would think if somebody has got a woman has got hair on her legs, then it's like she's got leprosy. I just, I can't believe we've gone so far backwards in so little amount of time. You know what I always think of when these subjects come up? I always think of, well, what would the aliens think of us if they landed and they saw a bunch of humans who were trying to cover up their smell, trying to take their hair off, trying to change their appearance, you know, make their shoulders broader or their their butt stick out by wearing heels or whatever. They would think that we that this was some sort of animalistic mating rituals that we went through, because then you know most or a lot of women, I imagine, after they're married and start having kids, they start saying, "No, that's not important anymore. I'm not going to." Yeah, I could be wrong about that. I'm sure, and it's not for anybody listening. I'm not. That's not the equivalent of letting yourself go. That's the no. equivalent of taking care of yourself and not worrying about whether or not it's appropriate. <laughs> Good for you circling right back around to that. See, my mind is sharp today. <laughs> I know. we're. Uh, well, what our, our listeners don't know is that before we started uh, the recording the podcast, we had to check because we haven't talked to each other in a couple of weeks because of everything going on. And both of us have got very ill friends. We have, you know, we've been dealing with some pretty challenging stuff. So uh, if we feel like we're venting a little bit today, it's because we are. Yeah. And what better place to do it than in public in a recording? Wow. Yeah. I mean, this is America. You do it on Zoom, right? Right. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we probably need to say a word or two about Thanksgiving. So I'm going to start by asking you, how was Thanksgiving with your family? It was chaotic and wonderful. And 
every second of it, I just watched them as much as I could. Because I, I don't know when I'm ever going to get to see them all in the same room again. You know? Yeah. Uh, happens, excuse me. But things happen and you never know if you're going to get to see somebody in again. Mm -hmm. And um, maybe these situations that we've been in are making us aware of it even more than we usually are. That's what I'm thinking. But it was great. It was great. And what I'm, you know, my little nephew that I talk about all the time, my little yes, nephew. Yes, your little Kyle. nephew, Kyle. Do you know he's almost <laughs> 28? Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, he's, he will forever be four years old to me. <laughs> and the cutest kid on the planet. Yeah. Uh, he's still like pretty cute, cute though. He's still pretty cute. And you know, my other nephew is so smart and he's also pretty cute. Yeah, I mean, but he's huge. He's like six foot something. And he's also not my little nephew. And I need to get that out of my brain. <laughs> <laughs> he's 25. <laughs> well, my little nephew, and I have several little nephews, but the little nephew that I spent time with at Thanksgiving is 39 years old. Uh, he has a master's degree from Georgia Tech. Wow. And he, uh, I mean, he just, he's an extraordinary man that does extraordinary things, but he will always be 10 years old to me. I know. I, I mean, I know. I do. So I funny. Well, the, oh, funny. I was able this year, I felt well enough to cook and help mom. That's wonderful. It was, it was. I was able to cook. So I did, I cooked stuffing, I cooked five mm. pumpkin pies, I cooked, what else? Oh, I did all those deviled eggs I told you I was going to do. Yes, ma'am. Like, and we still cleaned it out and there was hardly anything left over, seriously. Well, yeah, y'all got good appetites. We do. And I always like to take plates around afterwards to my friends. So I took yeah. a plate to a friend of mine that I've known but he's shy. He doesn't come out. He doesn't want to see people. He's done with the world, you know, and he had no Thanksgiving plans. He called me back and he said it, that this was, that it was the best stuffing. He said, it's the, I can't remember, but it was a great compliment. And it sounded, he was comparing it to his grandma's stuffing. Oh, he said he ha oh that's right or his mama's stuff and said he hadn't tasted that taste since then and I said well then oh. I said his name and I told him I said it's not hard to make and I told him how to make it and he was like well, that's easy for you to say and I said well you know what I'm going to recreate that meal sometime in the next few weeks maybe not with turkey but I'm going to make something with stuffing and and you know I'll probably make some eggs again and stuff like that um, yeah, and he said, "Well, would you make me a plate?" And I said, "Absolutely, I'll make you." Uh, when he said uh, a plate, he meant his own pan of it. <laughs> so I said, "Yeah, I well, love that you do that. That is just the kindest thing." Well, gosh, I mean, not, to me, that's just that's the way you should treat people all the time, you know. And you, well, do. and I, I agree with you. Yeah, and it it was no skin off my teeth, as they say. We had we had enough left over. I just brought some extra plates and stuff. But it was also kind of bittersweet this year because I have lost so many people in the last 
five years. I know you have too. Yeah. A lot of them that I used to take food to, they're just not here anymore to eat. So it was kind of bittersweet. It, yeah. It, but it was still totally good. Oh, good. That is good. Yeah, I was thinking, um, I don't know, it's been a couple of weeks ago, I was making a fairly big meal. And when my friend Brenda, who died earlier this year, when she was in, I think it was her third bout with cancer, hmm. um, I asked her what she what she liked to eat so I could bring her food. And she said, you know, it just varies day to day. But if you ever have a meal where you're making a lot and you have a lot of leftovers, just let me know what you got and I'll let you know if I want it. And we worked on that on that for about three or four months. If I did, you know, if I just scraped together a salad and an omelet, I didn't contact her. But if I like, you know, if I roasted a chicken or something like that, I go, so, hey, Brenda, do you like this, 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 this? And she'd say, bring me this, this, and this, but don't bring me that. I don't like that. And so I would go out there with a, you know, a flotilla of little plastic containers full of stuff. Yeah, I do. <laughs> there, that's why I keep, you know, tubs of if something in the grocery store comes in a tub, uh, yeah, has a lid. I usually will keep it and take it to somebody. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> Me too. And then a couple of times a year, I'll go through the big pile of that stuff and get rid of a bunch of it because I know more will be coming in. Same. Yeah, that's funny. And it used to be. In this neighborhood, there were a lot of elders. So I would, there was a, a Miss Pearl who lived the house right down here. And there was another little, two other little elderly women. And I would take them stuff. But now, guess who's the elderly woman in the community? It's me. <laughs> you made it. Yeah. <laughs> I made it. I made it. That's funny. It is. But how about your Thanksgiving? Did you get to see everything oh. you wanted? It was lovely. Um, going down there, we went south of Atlanta to my sister-in-law's house. And it was the whole day, all the days, we were there four days, I guess, just wonderful. It's good mm -hmm. to be with them. My sister-in-law, is she's a very good friend of mine. And we, uh, we joke together and we cook together. So uh, since her mother, my mother-in-law died, uh, she lets me be in the kitchen because my mother-in-law never wanted me to be in the kitchen because she would take care of all that. You know, she didn't need me to do that. So now I get to do some kitchen stuff. So that was good. The ride down there was hard because it rained the whole way. I remember. And, yeah. And we go out. I was grateful for the rain. Very grateful. We didn't get enough of it here, but I was grateful that there was rain. We go out 40 west and then take 23 down through mm -hmm. Dillard and uh, and Ra Raven Gap and all that. Um, and then and then we go around Atlanta as best we can. Well, this time we went around on the on the east side instead of the west side. And it just it took longer than it needed to. Plus, it was raining. I don't know when I've driven through rain as hard as some of that was. And, you know, it took. A four and a half hour trip, five hour trip took seven hours. So yeah, my butt my butt was tired. I guess so. But that was yeah. you know, that was the hardest part of the whole thing was just getting down there. And then coming home, the weather was perfect. The it was we came home on Saturday. Weather was perfect, traffic was not bad at all. We dodged around midtown and headed back up twenty three and it was all just lovely. Got home before dark. That that's definitely the best way to go. 
is 23 yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Even though yeah. it takes a little bit longer, the the lack of it's so much less stressful. The 23. It is, and, and it actually is according to the GPS. It's one minute less time. Well, okay. And then you don't have to go down White Horse Road yeah. in Greenville, which is so ugly. It is. I know. A wonderful commercial district. I bet you could buy anything you wanted to on White Horse Road, but dang, ugly, ugly, <laughs> ugly. It is. Every time I hear White Horse Road, I always think of the radio. I used to listen to this radio station that was always talking about White Horse Road, and they were always talking about some strip club or something. Just off <laughs> White Horse Road. Oh. <laughs> I cool? swear, I think White Horse Road has probably got anything you could ever want. <laughs> including the big clock and the original big clock and the new big clock and all the big clock restaurants been to a big clock here's another one have you ever eaten at the at the clock i have not i don't think i've ever stopped on white horse road not even for gas man maybe once or twice for gas before i hit 85 and headed south i i think and i'm i may be wrong about this but i think there used to be a drive-in in brevard called the clock i think uh, i think you are right i hadn't thought of that in years but yes i think you are right well let me um, ask you a question when when you because you've been going to this area for thanksgiving for many years now right oh many years yep does it does just the thought does the drive there put you in a holiday mood or when you walk in the door what is it that does the holiday mood oh no i don't Honestly, I don't get into a holiday mood till after Thanksgiving. Um, I'm always glad to be going down there. I was glad this year because I had some rest beforehand, so I didn't get there and was just falling asleep the whole time. So that was good. Um, but, yeah, I don't really get into that kind of mistletoe, holly, evergreen thing until after December the 1st. I don't know why. Well, that's okay. And this year it's going to be December the 4th because right now I'm doing final edits on the first round of edits for Feral Church. So I'm going to be tied to my computer until it goes in on Monday. And then after that, it's going to be all pine trees and and pretty smells and figuring out where I can get some holly with berries on it, all that stuff. We can we can help you with that, the holly park. <clears throat> yeah. I want you help with the mistletoe park. Man, there is mistletoe coming up from, from Georgia. There's mistletoe on every tree. Hmm. There's trees, just tons of mistletoe. You could if you with a good ladder, you could get the mistletoe. I just keep thinking, I ought to come down here one year, oh, probably first weekend in December, and just load the car up with mistletoe. Yeah. And come here and sell it off. Be a good fundraiser. Well, is is it low enough to grab like that or do you have to shoot it down some of it is low enough to grab it's crazy that's uh this is this has turned out to be a masked year a lot of masks this Allie, year. you're exactly right that. so i don't have that feeling in my bones one way or another about the upcoming weather but the signs are all there that we're going to have something that's going to be pretty pretty wicked in a lot of it whether it's yep. rain or cold temperatures or what i don't know but we've had it we've had two rounds now it's not it's not quite december 1st yet not quite but we've already had two rounds of multi-days 
where we were below freezing. Yes. And, and that's unusual for us in November. It is. It is. So it got down to 19. Uh, was it last night? And then the night before? No, it was night before. Night before. And last night it was 21. Yeah. And that's really low for us here. So, and my, my mother's yard, backyard, is full of masks, as full as I've ever seen it. So, who knows? I need to send my bears down there to your mama because <laughs> they've eaten everything up here. <laughs> Please don't send your bears. She worries about <laughs> bears. <laughs> <laughs> well, she must not have them if she's got all that mask. Well, she so doesn't. She's and she does have she's got a fenced in backyard, but so that that might be part of it. And she doesn't want people, she's like me, she doesn't want people blowing the leaves everywhere and all of that stuff because she says, Why why bother? It's not gonna hurt anything to let the leaves be there. She likes the way they look. And she's smart. Um, she is smart, but there's plenty of people that give you will give you a hard time if you don't rake your yard. Do you need some help raking your yard? I do not, right? Raking it. So what puts you in the holiday spirit? What does it? Or do you get in a holiday spirit? Oh, I'm terrible. When I'm in the holiday spirit, I'm obnoxious about it. Because I, I love the holidays. I mean, uh. love them. But they are, the older I get, they have their hard parts too. And so now it feels like they're equally wonderful and and bittersweet at the same time. Doesn't yeah. mean I don't want them. Um, the thing that puts me in the, the holiday spirit is the walking in the door. Whether it's me walking oh. in and smelling everything and hearing everybody say hello or whether it's somebody else walking in the door and and we're saying hello to them i guess i guess that would be it and my holidays always have people in them it's the one time of the year i think that i like people <laughs> <laughs> well but it's just certain people <laughs> yeah. yeah just certain ones that's right no, I think that's what oh, I love that. So, hello, how are you? That that puts you in, huh? Yeah. I love that. That whole walking in the door and your arms might be full of whatever thing you're bringing. And the same. And I, I really like watching somebody walk in the door from out of town that people haven't seen for a while. Because that's when I look at everybody's face and I watch them. And that's that's the thing I like. I remember my grandma would do the same thing. I didn't know it at the time. I was a kid. I didn't pay any attention to it. But my memory, I remember her standing in a doorway that was kind of catty corner to this other doorway. And it was where the kitchen was. And so she had been in the kitchen and somebody would open the door and come in and she'd walk out and, and watch them come in and talk to them and tell them, sit down, come sit down. Let me get this for you. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's not a requirement, but it's always makes it nice for me. That's a beautiful memory. Sit down. Come on in, sit down. Yeah. My dad used to say, take a load off. <laughs> Come on in, take a load off. My, my grandpa had built 
he had traded somebody for some wood and he built a beautiful uh, dining room table out of cherry wood. Oh. And it was one of those tables that folded down like that and it made uh-huh. a regular and then you could fold it out and it had leaf, what they call a leaf in it. Yeah. You could put those in. And so we'd put, make that table really big and long as it would get. And he made that table just for family holidays because they didn't have uh, a dining room, you know, and it wasn't, the room we had wasn't all that big, but, and we'd fill it up with that one table and people. <laughs> and my grandma <laughs> just hauling food to the table as fast as she could. <laughs> so. It sounds like a, a Norman Rockwell. Uh, yeah. I, I all, often, all, the, all the food piled up in the middle of the table. Yeah. We all had our special things that that we loved or the special holiday recipes you know the things we've talked about for the cookbook a lot of those were those kind of recipes like Mm -hmm. my great aunt would make we call it soda bread she'd call it sodi bread sodi yeah and the little little tiny little rolls and they were just perfect And, Mm -hmm. and they smelled wonderful and you know everybody had their holiday thing that they specialized in what do you have thing that you specialize in oh at thanksgiving time it's uh cranberry sauce i make homemade cranberry sauce and i put oranges in it and Mm -hmm. whiskey and you know stuff like that Uh, oh and uh english walnuts oh but somebody was telling me about making it and they also put in uh pineapple and that sounded good to me. I think I'm going to try that. But mm-hmm. almost no, none of the family down in Georgia eat that. I take it from me and my, and my one niece who eats it. Uh, I, and then I, one of the great nieces has decided she likes it too. So we'll see. I'd love to see that recipe. And I'm I'm sort of, I'm a little embarrassed, but I don't know that I've ever had homemade cranberry sauce. I think well, it's always been a can thing. I, most people love canned cranberry sauce they just love it i mean it's tart and sweet it's pretty color it tastes good i mean what's not to love about it but it's so easy to make the um from scratch you just clean the cranberries you throw them in a pan with a couple a cup of water or i use a half a cup of water and a half cup of orange juice if i have it and then about a half cup of sugar plain old sugar and i zest up an orange and chop that up so that's all in there and then uh you boil it for about three minutes that's it yeah until it starts to get a little bit thick and then you put it in the pan does it thicken up naturally you don't have to put any no i mean it's just like making jelly because you put the you put the sugar in there and it gels it all up yeah i know i mean it doesn't get as firm as like jelly does but yeah so it's not hard to do cranberries though are expensive except i have discovered aldi this time of year has a bag of cranberries for 99 cents so i know i said that now everybody's gonna clean out the aldi um and i always because they keep real good in the freezer right now i have five packages of cranberries in my freezer and the next time I go to Aldi, I'm probably going to pick up two or three more because we love it all year long. 
It's and it's easy to make, so we can have it all year long. Well, it sounds wonderful. I'm going to try yeah. it. Now, I, I won't do the whiskey part. I don't think I have any whiskey. Even if I did, I probably wouldn't do it. But it's just for the flavor. It's just for the flavor because once you do that much boiling, it boils the alcohol off. How, how much whiskey then? Uh, maybe three tablespoons, a splash of whiskey. I might have to come to your house and borrow. With, <laughs> May I have a splash? Can of I borrow a splash of whiskey, please? <laughs> um, and sometimes I use when I'm baking, which I'll be doing a lot of this coming month. Um, I have this orange liqueur, mm -hmm. and I sometimes I use that in it. And the alcohol again burns off, but it gives them even more orange flavor with the orange zest and the orange uh, juice. That sounds yeah. really good. Do you do you it's have a favorite healthy. food? That uh, do I have a favorite food for the Thanksgiving meal? Oh, no, not not really. Mm -mm. I love roasted turkey me too i love it mm -hmm. but my my sister-in-law doesn't roast turkey she air fries it or or what it, she she's she experiments all the times with different ways to do it i just i like it in the oven where it gets really crisp on the outside uh but that's not what she chooses to do um and she has a lot of other stuff that goes in the oven so she probably wouldn't have time to do it to get everything done. Yeah. If she also roasted her turkey, but I like I like roasted meats, like I like roast chicken, roast turkey. I'm thinking about getting either a goose or a duck for Christmas dinner because I'll be up at my daughter's for that and we'll have a nice roasted meal. And you know all those roasted vegetables, um like potatoes and onions and carrots and uh Brussels sprouts. All I say, I love a big pan of roasted vegetables. I love Brussels sprouts. Yeah. Um, my cat has found the cat dog, his new favorite food. He moved Brussels sprouts into the number two spot in favor <laughs> of celery, raw celery. He loves some celery. He, I mean, he foundered yeah. on that celery. I had, uh, I, you know, the tops of the celery stalks have the leaves and everything. And and I had a lot of celery and I didn't need all those. And so I put the leaves in a bowl and then I put some of the tops and stuff that I wasn't using in that bowl. Could not keep him out of it. He, he, he's just the funniest cat. <laughs> but He is such a weirdo. He is. Here's a bowl of turkey and here's some celery and it's raw. Which do you want? Get that turkey away from me. He wants that celery. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ma, I, I guess I told you, Mom said, well, you know, he's from Darfur. And that she, right. <laughs> and she said, so in addition to not speaking English, there are probably vegetarians out there. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, Darfur. <laughs> uh, what a sad place <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that yeah. I thought was my that was my funny thing this year was because there's always one funny thing that happens every holiday isn't there yes yes and I'm grateful that I spend holidays now with people who are not big drinkers mm -hmm. I mean they might have a glass of wine with dinner or something like that but they you know my whole childhood growing up 
any holiday was a as, as an excuse to drink a lot, to drink to excess. And and after that, it was never fun for anybody that wasn't drinking to excess. Yeah. I, it probably wasn't fun for the people who were. I don't know. I wouldn't know. It doesn't sound like it would be. No, no. So that, that makes holidays a lot simpler and uh, safer than they used to be, too. That helps. <laughs> yeah. Well, we Golly. none of that at my house. I think that in, in Robbinsville, when I was a kid, I think that some of the men would sneak out back and have a beer. I'm pretty, I don't know why I'm thinking that, but I'm pretty sure that happens. But other than a, a beer, one beer. I, I don't probably a beer. I don't know. I, I, but they go out back. For all I know, it was a doobie or something. But <laughs> just, <laughs> and I know that they would go out back for something and they'd come back and, you know, 15, 20 minutes later. And so it couldn't have been all the kids running around making noise that bothered them. They know it wasn't that. <laughs> anyway. That's so funny. Yeah. Well, I've seen, I've had a couple of holidays now where I was alone, you know, didn't have a bunch of family and, and stuff. That's right. Those, those were also okay to tell you the truth because it gave me time and see things cycle, you know, things always cycle. That's the way it is. So if I'm alone this holiday, then maybe next time I won't be. That's the way I feel about it. But the times that I have been alone, um, it really made me appreciate the holiday. You, that's when you can kind of yeah. think about it and all of that stuff. That's a luxury in a way to have time to think about stuff like that. So so I don't dread the holidays because of that. You know, I miss I miss people, but I don't dread the holidays. This is a dying time. Everybody Everybody in my family, they all go this time of year, you know, so that makes yeah. it kind of hard as well sometimes. It it does. And yet I'm at the age now and you are about to be that age where people are just dying around you all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you, and you hear about people so much younger than you are dying. Mm-hmm. And then you hear about people much older than you are dying. And, you you know, you come to a realization of, what mortality begins to look like. I mean, we have a sort of intellectual understanding that people are born and then people die. But when you are up against it all the time and it's oh so and so like when I got the phone call this morning that my friend had died, my first thought was not, oh, oh, my God, no, I can't believe it. My first thought was, well, he was almost 90 years old. And the last time I'd seen him, which was a couple of weeks ago, um, he he was saying he didn't feel well and he didn't look well and he didn't sound quite right. And at that point, I thought to myself, yeah, that he's uh, he is on his uh, final pathway. Mm-hmm. So that when I heard the news, my first thought was, of, oh, of course. Oh, of course. That it was like confirmation rather than, oh, my God, no, not that dear, sweet person. It was like, yeah, no, it seems like it was time, probably. Mm -hmm. And he got to go in the way he wanted to go. He wasn't hooked up to machines in a hospital or any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. That's that's as much as you can ask for nowadays. Yeah. 
my family they don't want to die in a hospital if they if they can help it no mine neither and i i know my my one of my other good friends had her mother her mother died last week and uh, i i just think my you know my dad died first about 12 days before christmas Oh, and, and then of course my grandfather my grandma everybody dies in december or late november or early january in my family isn't that weird it is but must add a, a whole different layer to the holidays it does it does yeah i remember was your dad pretty young when he died yeah he was he 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 did not make 70 he was in his 60s when he died and he uh and he fought a good fight i'll tell you that and he wouldn't have lasted as long as he did except my mother was damn determined that she was going to make sure you know and and he was well taken care of and he died right where he wanted to which was in the living room <laughs> <laughs> truth that's the truth and we got to we got we had a few minutes we got to say goodbye privately you know because you don't have to call the ambulance right then. You don't. No, you don't. Um, and so we we got to sit with him for a while and and talk and stuff like that for a while. And I think that's good. Me too. That's, I, that, that's a, a thing we need to recapture as a culture. It was closure. I'll tell you that. Yeah. It was closure. Yeah. And we we were tired. We were working. We were helping in shifts. Because both of my brothers were there as well. And so it took my, my mom was kind of on duty all the time, if you will. But then there would be another kid there with her at all times. And I remember that um, I left the house. I left. I was going to go back to Hooterville and, and lay down and sleep. And I got, I got called before I could get there. And he, they said he was waiting because he didn't want you to have to see it. That's what they told me. You see, oh, <laughs> yeah. So we, I, you know, I got to go hug his neck and tell him some things in private that I always wanted to say, and just hadn't happened, you know. So that felt good. Yeah. And forever, yeah. my dad and I are on. We're on different terms now because of that, you know. And my, oh, that's good. That's yeah. very good. Well, I don't know why, but I'm very reluctant i'm weird about being overly effusive my friend described me <laughs> and my family as being uh they're very uh stoic even though i don't think of myself as stoic but uh but yeah that was the time when i just said dad i just love you so much and just all this other yeah. and man since then we feel closer than ever no joke I feel no. ever to my dad. Uh, and that was part of the reason why we're in a good place together. And, you know, dad has come to me once in a dream and he kept me from a bad situation. I told you about it. Um, yeah, I remember and, that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I know he's still around. That's why I asked you that question earlier before we were recording uh, about mm -hmm about if you are pagan, do you still see and and connect with your uh, dead family? Your family's passed on and you had the perfect and exactly correct answer, which was 
well, <laughs> whether they're pagan or not, this is this is how they are. <laughs> whether they're yeah spiritually connected or not, yeah. whether they uh, whether they confirm that or not. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think I, I think you know our ancestors are important mm -hmm. for a lot of reasons. I mean, obviously, we wouldn't be here without our ancestors. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but yeah, having those other beings around you, mm -hmm. it, it can be even if if. Even if it's just psychosomatic, <clears throat> even if it's just a little glitch in your brain that makes you think that your dad came or or some other beloved ancestor came to you, whether that's a dream or a trick of your imagination, doesn't really matter if it brings you comfort. And if the advice they give, like the advice your father gave you, saves you from misery. Yeah. Whether that's your subconscious saying, for the love of God, do not do this. Yeah. Or it is your dad saying, I want you to think twice before you do this thing you're about to do, you crazy kid. Yeah, don't go there is basically. Yeah. And like I said, they never talk when when they're really when they're really gone and I'm meeting them in my dream, they don't blink and they never speak. But I always mm -hmm. hear I hear something. Hear yeah. something, something. And so uh, it's just it's interesting how that works. It is. And and I, I wish that more families had the resources because the the actual manual labor part was hard. And most people, they don't have the resources there. They don't know what to do if someone's sick and dying. They don't know. They don't have the money to do some of the things that they need to, you know, they to bring in a nurse or whatever. So they send them on to a hospital or whatever. And it's yeah. hard on those people. And I'm not saying if that's your case and and your loved one's in the hospital and they're dying or in hospice, it's okay. That is yeah, okay. no judgment. Oh my God, no judgment. Um, it's just that for me personally, my family, they all want to die at home. <laughs> and I'm glad yeah, I, I tell people all the time with hospice that if they're reluctant about it, if they can handle having their loved one at home and there's a big enough family, because that's part of it, you know, is that yes. it used to be if a family had, you know, eight or 10 young'uns and they didn't move very far away, that you could take it in shifts and you really could help out and, and still work a job and have your own family and take care of an elder. But that's just not true anymore. Families are smaller. Families are separated by thousands, sometimes thousands of miles. And so it's just it's it really is so much harder. But the folks at hospice, they they not only take care of your beloved one, but they take care of the whole family so that instead of you being the one who is wiping your mom's behind and doing all that intimate care that, you know, your mother is in bed, no matter how you feel about doing it, you know, your mother is probably embarrassed that you are having to do that for her right. or your father or whatever. Yeah. So in addition to them taking care of that stuff, you can just be with the person that you love yeah. in those final days, weeks, months, and just be with them yeah. and not have to worry about is that thing that's happening right now, is that a sign that they're about to die or is that just a, another transitional thing or what? Because there are people there who know the answers to that. Yeah. So it really is a beautiful hospice is a beautiful thing. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. So that don't you think though that that once you get a little age on you anyway, that it's kind of impossible to separate 
the holiday good stuff from the holiday death and dying. It's all the same, you know, it's all in the same kind of bailiwick, if you will. It It is. And you had said something earlier. <laughs> the word I think that's perfect is bittersweet. Yeah. Yeah. So there's so much about the holidays. It's wonderful. <clears throat> and then you remember the people who aren't there, mm-hmm. whether they are people who have moved far away and they can't come back or they're people who've died, which I guess is a kind of way of moving far away, and not coming back. Yeah. <laughs> or if they're members of your family, and this is true all across the world, but it is especially true in Appalachia that there are people that are estranged from the family for mm-hmm. whatever reasons who are not there. Yep. And it could be that the family has thrown them out or it could be that they've removed they themselves from a yeah. family, from a family situation that feels toxic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's, there's all of that roiling around, but in in old times, and I, I'm not going to define what old times is. I'm just going to say that. This was the time of ghosts. It wasn't just at Halloween, but Halloween was sort of the doorway opening. And that's why when we when we read something like Dickens' A Christmas Carol, that seems right that there would be ghosts abroad at Christmas because it's the time of year when, when ghosts are abroad. Definitely. Um, definitely. Speaking of... I had had no idea, and this is not really on the topic, but sort of is. I had no idea that there were so many video or movie versions of Christmas Carol. (laughs) There's a lot of them, aren't there? (laughs) I I can't believe all of them. I saw a cartoon version. (laughs) What? (laughs) There is a lot of them. Yeah. I I hope I I mean, I think I've seen them all. What we were having the discussion somewhere at some time about your favorite version of Christmas Carol and or your favorite Christmas movie. That's what it was. And uh, Joe's favorite is uh, Scrooge, which has a friend of ours in it uh, who has now died. But he's in that movie and it's a big musical about Scrooge. Um. But my favorite Christmas thing is Child's Christmas in Wales. You, yeah. You brought- yeah I love that. And I'm going to be reading that uh, on Facebook uh, once we get to December. I didn't want to start it before then. I cannot wait. I, It'll I, be fun. I, I, I just love that. His writing has had such a profound influence on me. Mm, nice, nice, nice. It said Zoom meeting is muted. And I thought, oh, no, what's Alicia about to say? Something shocking, something <laughs> nasty. No, it's just a phone call coming in. Uh, <laughs> it must have. It, so what you're saying, is it new that that sound was a phone call and it muted you? Uh, yeah, it said at the bottom of the screen, Zoom meeting muted. And then at the top of the screen was the person calling. Interesting. That's interesting. And then I just hit the red button on the calling. Because I ain't going to talk to you right now. (laughs) I got something else to do right now. As it. Well, I guess the holidays are also the time when I get tempted to overeat. How about you? Girl, (laughs) you know, I was at the doctor two days ago for my annual physical, and I have lost five pounds. 
And then I was sick as a dog, as you know, yesterday, because I had my shingles vaccine part two. And I got on scales this morning and I'd lost another five pounds yesterday. Now, that is just water or a lack of water or whatever. else. So that ain't nothing. But I had lost five pounds. Wow. So I, I am tempted to overeat. I need to get my weight back on. I'm getting too skinny. I only weigh 159 pounds right now. I got to get on it. <laughs> I know I had to think about it. 159 pounds. Wow. That five pounds that was going to come right back on. Don't, don't worry about that. <laughs> Do you, is there, is there a certain Christmas or holiday food that you cannot resist? Um, that you should? Yeah. Resist? There's many of them and they all are full of sugar. Mm. My, one of my favorite things in the world and has been since I was a tiny child is chocolate covered cherries. I love them so much. And I now, you know, I'm real careful about carbs and uh, and the amount of sugar that I eat. But I will be having chocolate covered cherries and I make cake all through the holidays. I mostly give them away, but I make I make my cousins it's called a cold oven pound cake because you put it in when the oven's cold and then turn the oven on. Um, except I call it the old coven pound cake. Uh, I'll switch uh, the words around. I and it's the best best pound cake you will ever eat. It, and it's oh, full of all the things you should not be eating. And uh, I've got a 12th night cake that also belonged to my cousin that I made. And I make my mother's prune cake. Oh, you told me that one time. Yeah, we talked about that before so i'll be making a lot of cakes i'll make some fudge oh. I'm like, i just am gonna make a whole but and this year i didn't do any canning so i normally give my neighbors some jam or jelly or something i didn't do any of that this year so i'm gonna be baking little you know little cakes for them too so yeah how about you what can what's irresistible to you i uh, deviled eggs if they're good yeah, but those aren't so bad for you. Well, okay, the bad. I love pound cake. I, yeah, I, but excuse me, I love pumpkin pie the most. Oh, me too. And I took that with me to uh, for for uh, for Valentine's Day. Oh my god, for Thanksgiving I took pumpkin pie because I love pumpkin pie, and they don't. It's not a family tradition down there. So I took pumpkin pie and I, I knew I would have a little slice of it. Probably Joe would have a little slice of it. I bring the rest of it home. Well, my great niece decided pumpkin pie. I've never had this. This is great. Can I have more pumpkin pie? <laughs> so I ended up not bringing the rest of the pumpkin pie home. It stayed there for her to eat because she liked it so much. Yeah. But I love pumpkin pie. And an old friend of mine gave me a candy roaster earlier this month or maybe it was even in October. So I'm going to cut that up and cause candy roaster makes a really good pie too. Mm. It tastes like a pumpkin pie, you know? I, yeah, I guess so. I've never, not that I know I've had one. Well, when I make one, you have to come over and have a cup of coffee and a piece of pumpkin pie, right. uh, candy roaster pie, candy roaster pie. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, yeah. yeah. All that stuff. And I just try to limit myself. You know, the doctor, when you go to the doctor at my age, the first thing you have the intake woman and she asks you things. Have you fallen in the last year? Uh, do you have to hold on to furniture when you move around your house? 
she asked me the year. She asked me if I knew what day it was. She had me count backwards from 20. Then she had me uh, name the months of the year going backwards from December. I mean, it was just all this stuff. And, And I guess, you know, it's good to have a baseline to say, when she was 67 years old, she could do all of this, no problem. And now she is 68 years old. And maybe there's pro- so that they can judge cognitively what's going on with me. I don't know. But it just felt silly. She said, what year is it? And I went, year? She said, <laughs> yes. What year is it? And I said, it's 2023. And she said, good. <laughs> <laughs> Like so I guess, you know, I passed the cognitive test this time, but next year, who knows? Well, that sounds like the kind of thing that you could mess with them, you know, if you wanted to. But my my doctors ask me, do you have someone who loves and cares for you? Do you have Aww. a spiritual practice that affects your instructions for death? And they, oh, that's they, a good they, question. Yep. They asked, they asked those, and, and do you feel lonely or depressed? And they've started asking that about three years ago to everybody who came in the door there at the doctor's office. And I watched people's expressions, you know, when they're being asked these questions for the first time. And I know mine was probably like, what? (laughs) Why are you asking that? Yes. Yeah. She she asked me, you know, have you felt lonely, depressed? Well, and have you have you suffered from depression or have you been depressed? So I can't remember exactly how she worded it. I said, do you do you listen to the news at all? And she, she laughed and she said, I don't actually. I stopped listening to that about two years ago. I don't. I just figure if something big happens, I will know. But maybe I don't even need to know. And I went, well, you know, that that might actually be a good idea. But as far as am I depressed, not in the way you are meaning. No, I am not. They're screening for our emotional state. And that makes me yes. happy that they are even thinking about it in allopathic medicine. <clears throat> yes, um, I am happy about that. And yet also uh, unnerved by it. I don't necessarily want them to know everything there is to know about me. I can see that. Nobody but knows. I mean, I, I really like my doctor a lot and I trust the practice. So, I mean, that makes it a little bit easier. You know what that makes you is really lucky. I'm, I feel very lucky. And I, and I had the big stressor of I took out my uh, my insurance card because it's a new year for insurance. And I looked at it. They had a totally different primary care physician listed on it. Yeah. So I called them up and I said, you have the wrong. And they said, oh, no, because the practice that you were you were with, you, you're not with that practice anymore. It's no longer in our network. And I thought, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I had an appointment like 45 minutes later. So I just went on over to the doctor's office. And it was so funny. I said, it says you're not in network anymore. And and. A woman in the office in the back stood up from her desk and came forward and she said, don't worry, I'll take care of this. And grabbed me, so it took me into another little office where they have someone hired to just say, 
yes, your insurance is fine. Don't worry, it's fine. And it's because the practice dissolved, the practice as it was dissolved and became another practice. It was kind of like what happened with you with your medication when you went to get it and they said, oh, no, that's not covered anymore or whatever it was. And, and it's because your doctor had given you a new script and they hadn't caught up with it yet. Yeah. So it was just <clears throat> incredibly, it was so stressful that when I went in for the intake part, I said, take my blood pressure right now. I want to know what the past 40 minutes has done to my blood pressure. And what it was it done? Fine. It was fine. The doctor laughed. He said, your blood pressure was perfect. But of course, <laughs> I am on blood pressure medication. So that's good. That's very good. <laughs> well, I was, oh my God, I came racing in there with my hair on fire because they had assigned me to a practice in Shelby. So I would have had to drive to <laughs> Shelby, North Carolina to go to the doctor. No, I don't get that. Insurance, insurance sucks. Yeah. When it works, that's wonderful. But when it doesn't work, eh, difficult. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have to. I I have so many friends who, and I, I, I shouldn't say this. I was going to say especially the guys, but I could be wrong about that. I just have a lot of friends who are guys. But I have so many friends who they don't ask questions. They don't they don't attempt to do anything except what their insurance tells them they can. And they're really passive about it. And so they end up getting not the care that they wanted, you know, because they're not or need or need. Yeah. Whereas I'm going to, I self-refer. I, I do all that stuff. I'm just like that doctor that I found in shell or Statesville, that was I researched and I found that doctor and I went to my doctor, my regular doctor, and I said, I need a referral for this guy, you see. And you can do stuff like that. You can. Yeah, but, of course. Of but course. the American healthcare system is both really super good and it really sucks. And it mostly really sucks. Simultaneously. Yeah. 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 I mean. Well, I remember my dad, and my dad has been dead now for almost 30 years. He. I remember taking him to the doctor and he had been down in the back for weeks, weeks, weeks. So he goes to the doctor, he comes out uh, and he's putting on his coat. And I said, well, what did he say about your back? And he said, he didn't mention it. I said, you didn't, you didn't tell him your back hurts. And he said, no, I figured if it was something that he saw, he would tell me. Oh my God. I was like, dad. So I made him take his coat off. I said he needs five more minutes with the doctor, and it was a it was a pretty well. It was thirty years ago when doctor when medical practices were medical practices. Yeah. And so I just knocked on the door and I said, "Doctor, can he have five more minutes with you?" And he said, "Yeah, of course." And he just went in, and then the doctor explained that he had strained something or pulls. It was not anything serious, and gave him some exercises to do, which of course he never did. Huh. And some, you know, pain relievers, muscle relaxants, I think. But he was going to go out and just just live with it for a little bit longer because the doctor didn't say anything. Well, doctor's not a damn mind reader. Sorry. No, no. You don't let them know what's going on. Especially not now, nowadays, for sure. No. You know, uh, you go into my doctor's office and there are, it's only the one doctor. And there's six offices in a row there down this little hallway. And then on the other side of the hallway would be his office and a bathroom and a little phlebotomy lab and all of that. But 
he sees six patients at one time all day long. And he sees, he's supposed to see, I think somebody told me 30 every hour. Oh my God. How can he do that? That's like two minutes a person. Well, yeah, that's what it is like mostly. I mean, and I, I get that there's the intake person. I mean, it used to be the nurse. And now nurses are way too valuable for that. But I get that there's somebody who asks you what year it is and takes your blood pressure and, you know, does all that really basic stuff. I get that. That shouldn't be the doctor. The right. doctor's time is much more valuable than just, you know, collecting data. Um, but I, I'm lucky. I'm, he's a really good doctor and, I, and he spends good time with me. You are lucky. You are really lucky. Yep. So we did what old people do. We talked about dead relatives, days Food. and dogs. going to the doctor. <laughs> so, Our ailments. <laughs> Have I mentioned my ailments to you? Huh. <laughs> Let's talk about the weather now. My <laughs> gosh, it's too dry. I wish it would rain. Does it make your birth oh, sinus act up when it's this cold? Uh, <laughs> you know, that was the other question. I'm going to go back to the doctor one more time. She said, on a scale of one to ten, how much pain are you in right now? And I just sat there and I kind of did, it was like I did a biometric thing of the home. And I went, well, I think I'm probably at a zero. Nothing appears to be hurting while I'm sitting here. And she said, really? Nothing hurts at all? And I said, well, if I stand up, my feet are going to hurt because they always hurt. But yeah, no, I'm I'm good. And she said, well, that's pretty good to be your age and not have any chronic pain. I was like, oh, well. What can I say? I'm old, but I can count backwards from December to January. <laughs> That's right. Oh, You're going to see my. it down the mount. <laughs> you think oh, you oh God. <laughs> and, it's been, and I've done one doctor after another. The past three weeks, it was, I went to the dentist for cleaning. I got my new eyeglasses. I've been to have my physical. And it's because I was on the road all year, so I, I couldn't schedule any of that. So it's like every week and next week I go to the dermatologist and then I'm going to be off for a few weeks. How nice. That is nice. Well, that is nice. I don't know. I think I'm lucky because I've got insurance because I've got medical practices that I trust and that I'm, I'm fond of. I'm telling you going to, I've been going to this dentist since it was his daddy's practice. Oh, wow. So I've been going a long, long time, and they, I think, they may be faking it, but they genuinely care about me, and that's important to feel like when they're cleaning your teeth, they're like, well, this one, I don't know, might be a little loose, mm. but, and my, my dentist said to me, your gums look good, and I went, what, and he said, your, your gums look good, and I said, no one has ever said that to me. Yeah, or me. Said, well, let me say it one more time, your gums look good. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome well they they they're a big help the doctors nowadays they are they're taking care of me as best they can and as best i will allow them so well, what are you gonna do for fun this week for fun this week yeah for fun well the week is almost over isn't it no so next week i mean i'm thinking they're gonna hear this on sunday night next week what you gonna do that's fun first week in december i don't know I really don't know. I'm probably going to take my buddy Gary out somewhere. If well, I don't know. I'm semi. I'm a semi recluse right now, so I'm not really going out 
to a lot of restaurants, uh -huh. but it's his birthday. And our tradition for the last 40 years has been to take each other to Red Lobster for our birthday. Oh, how nice. That's a good tradition. Yeah. Well, that man can eat some cheddar biscuits. <laughs> And we, uh -huh. we discovered them together at one of our, you know, when they first started doing cheddar biscuits and I, I, I'm like one of the only ways he gets to go that far, you know, to Red Lobster to get those cheddar biscuits. We tried the ones that they have in the store that you can make that are like the Red Lobster cheddar biscuits. They do not Uh-huh. taste like the ones at the restaurant. So uh, I think that that'll be for fun if I can, I can figure out a way to do it at a time when they're not going to be busy because <laughs> yeah. I, with all this, we're getting ready to have this uh, semi-explosion, small explosion, hopefully, of people who are getting sick this week because all their kinfolk came in from all these other places. So, Right. so we're going to have a, that's to be expected, but that doesn't mean we want to be in the middle of it. No, So, so no. I'm going to be, I don't know. And I, I've got one TV show I'm watching. Oh, yeah, what you watching? <laughs> Oh, you don't have to tell me. no, it's, it's, it's hee-haw. Oh, It's oh, uh, that's some okay. old I, hee-haw. I love you all. I can't help, I know I'm a rude, but I can't help it. Well, We're proud rubes. Hell yeah, I'm a rube. You got a problem with it? Psh. Yeah. Was was Dolly ever on Hee Haw? Golly, I, I don't know. I mean, that would have been the right era for her as young Dolly. I saw, um, I guess it was a meme yesterday or somehow it was quoting something Dolly said. Somebody, she said, well, no, I don't get offended when people call me a dumb blonde. She says, because I know I'm not dumb. I, she, or she said, Because I know I'm smart. That's what she said. And I know I'm not blonde. <laughs> she really is not and you see photos of her <laughs> without her dolly without her dolly yes. and she looks like any any big sister you would ever have oh yeah that's my Well, that's my sister dolly yeah. Coat of many colors. She got and sang on 1971 on Hee Haw. And oh it's like she went there again in 1972. And evidently she joined Porter Wagner in at least one of those songs. Oh, of course. Yeah. So good for her. Good for her. And good for me. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. And I've been I've been watching this uh show on the Smithsonian that shows cities from the rooftop they've got a drone kind of slowly flying over these cities and they talk about what went on at this cathedral that it's flying over and so on and so forth and I'll Oh. probably watch that if I have time I'll watch that so That sounds like fun. We've been watching a lot of British police procedurals. So, you know, I know many more ways now of killing people and getting rid of the body. Um, it, it seems like a big pain to have to get rid of the body, but uh, what do I know? Um, yeah, but we watch those in the evening. But I'm going to be writing for the next four days, just ooh, making this book as good as I can make it again. Before I think the before the editors tackle it and send me a whole bunch of it's like getting a paperback from your 
your college professor with a bunch of red all over it. This won't work. This won't rethink this. What is, <laughs> but you know, it's all to make it a better book. And it's a damn good book. I think. I saw somebody put out a tribute kind of to you on Facebook. Oh, it? my friend, Jeff. Yes. It, it was really a beautiful thing. Um, that was so sweet of him. He and I, I mean, like it says in there, we've known each other since we were in grad school, 1979. Wow. And yeah. Mm -hmm. And we, I, I wouldn't say we're super close right now, but we still know each other and correspond and keep, keep up on Facebook and stuff. He's a good guy. And his husband is a good guy. Yep. And that's, is it, is it Jeff Suralka? I, I don't. The one oh that, no! This is Jeff Storer. Gotcha, gotcha. Right. That's the memory. He came from uh, Florida, um, and he did this thing when we were in grad school about Orlando and how much he just despised Orlando and the culture of Orlando, and he referred to it like it was its a theme park of its own called Orlando Land. Orlando land. <laughs> and so now every time I hear the word Orlando, I say either aloud or to myself, oh, Orlando land. Yeah, I know it very well. <laughs> um, okay. Gotcha. I gotcha. Well, he's uh, he's the one who he quoted you talking about the darkening times. Yeah, and that I'm, was that was very kind of him. Okay. Um, he played. Now, I'm going to circle back around to Christmas Carol. Okay. When we did Christmas Carol in grad school, which, of course, we did because that's a great moneymaker, he played Mr. Fezziwig. And he he is such an energetic guy, just one of those kind of bottom guys. <laughs> and he played Mr. Fezziwig. And that dance, they did a dance number. Mm -hmm. And he was just amazing. He was a great, Mr. best I've ever seen, Mr. Fezziwig. Mm -hmm. And he also had, at that time, he still has very curly hair, but at that time, he had like a big, it was the 70s, so it was like almost a fro of these this beautiful curly hair. And um, it just kind of flopped all around when he was dancing. Oh, he was great. He was just great. Really wonderful actor and a good director. I, I mean, I say he, that. I, I've only seen a couple of things he's directed, but I know he's a wonderful director. This uh, I wish somebody would do one of the, you know how with uh, The Wizard of Oz, they redid the book, or not redid the book, but they uh, added a story with another book where they kind of went in and they had it from Dorothy's side and from the Wicked Witch's side and so on. Yeah. I wish they would do that with Fezziwig. Oh, tell the story of the Fezziwig family. Yeah, yeah, because that would be interesting. Fezziwig's my favorite favorite character in that story and i don't know why i never knew why but i think it's because there's more to him than you would think yes and and because he is kind yeah. he there's not a lot of kindness in there there's sort of performative kindness like the 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 wealthy guys going from door to door asking for money mm -hmm. but there's not a lot of genuine kindness and i mean it was dickens era like ours, it was not a time known for its kindness. And Fezziwig is jolly, and he's also very kind. Right, right. And he, care, he cares about his employees. He cares about his family. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Well, um, and also, I, I mean, you know it. As soon as you meet somebody like that, you know they've been through something profound. 
Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. That's just the way it always is. And so I think that'd be an interesting story. Just in all your spare time, if you feel like. <laughs> well, I mean, what do you imagine happened to him? Because I imagine that Mr. Fezziwig was raised in the poorhouse. Mm -hmm. That's what I think. I think his family got sent to the poorhouse and probably all the children got separated out, went to various relatives and um, and that he he worked his way up to being Mr. Fezziwig. Probably. Yeah. And yeah. And Fezziwig might not even be his real name. May not be. That's that's <laughs> a good thought too. I never thought of that one. And he probably lost a, a, a someone, a, a relative that was very dear to him and then found him again. You think? Oh, that's nice. Well, and I would think, he he lost his only son because they talk about the Fezziwig girls. Yeah. And there's like a whole gaggle of Fezziwig girls. Yeah. And I bet he, they only had one son and he died at 12, and 10 or might, 12. Yeah. And there might have been a promise that he made to always be yeah. happy and festive. And yeah, see, Fezziwig's a deeper character than you would think at first glance. And and we just excavated all of that. That was fun. Yeah, yes, we did. Well, I I want I want to spend some time outside in this week coming up. I think I'm going to go to the farm and just kind of walk oh, a little bit. Good. Uh huh. I, and now, I might go to the cottage and walk a little bit if you don't mind. There's some. No, you, you do whatever you want to. I was down there a couple of days ago to turn the heat up, oh. make sure all the draft dodgers were in front of the doors, all that stuff, water the plants. Was everything? Um, yeah, fine. It smells musty because we've not been in there, but it's all right. Well, girl, I miss you and you and I need to get together and just, yeah, I don't know, please. drive down to Raven Gap, Georgia or I don't know, something. We can drive somewhere or we can do no, go to your porch or we can go stir a cauldron or we can, uh, you can crochet while I cook something or whatever. <laughs> I don't care. I, lo I love the idea of just, Sitting on the porch, and it's going to start to get warm a little bit. We could do that. Yeah, go out for a meal. You've been promising me the best sushi in the world in in Henderson County. So, okay, pick your day. Pick your day. <laughs> we can make it happen. We we can, can make it happen, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to the ramblings today, because we are we are a little rambling today. A lot. We both got a lot on our minds and. We know y'all have a lot on your minds too. It's a, it's a fraught time yeah. and know that you're not alone Indeed. unless you want to be alone. And that's good. That's good too. <laughs> Cause right now Alicia's alone and she's kind of enjoying it. Oh boy, do I? <laughs> yes. I love it. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Enjoy this profound season. Is what I would say. Enjoy. Yeah, that's beautiful. Season, uh, this profound season. And make it one that you can look back on and say, well, I I, I did have a good time. <laughs> Even yeah, I gleaned from it all I needed to glean. And finish hmm. writing that book. I cannot wait until that book is out. Well, I, I mean, I can send it to you once I've got these final chunks of edits. Like I'm taking a chunk out of chapter two and putting it in chapter one and you know, that kind of just moving text around is all I'm doing really right now. But I've got some little, this, this chapter is about blah, blah, blah. I got to write those and a couple other things. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, 
it's a weird book. So I could send it to you right now. And you could go, oh, I'm reading this. What the hell is that, Byron? What the I hell can't is this? It's a mess. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I hope everybody will be. Um, and then uh, I'll, I guess, start the next one. Yeah. But and next is the Appalachia book. And that's that's going to be hard because there's not a lot going for Appalachia right now. We are in a world of hurt and nobody's going to come to our rescue, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so we only thing's going to save us is us. And I don't know that we've got the will to do it. Well, I mean, we've all been here before, but, you know, the difference is, this time, we may actually lose our region. The thing that makes Appalachia Appalachia is the land. And the land is going away so fast. And it's being replaced with things and people that, that actually don't have a clue about what Appalachia is. And I'm I, being kind. You're being very kind. They don't have a clue. You didn't use the word, you didn't use the word carpetbagger not even once. Well, I was thinking some, I was actually thinking willful ignorance because wow. there, there are people who do things and they don't want to know. They just want to go build where they want, do what they want, not think about what they're affecting. And, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Those are the ones that bother me the most. <laughs> well, and I think that was very kind of you to say willful ignorance and not butt-ass greed because that's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> Yeah, I can't tell. You know what? Uh, I have a question for the listeners, which is, what do you like to do in the holidays that make them your holiday? Ah, oh, great question. So, and I hope everybody takes some time to be good to themselves if they have the time. And yes, ma'am. You don't have the time. Be good to yourself. Exactly. <laughs> do, do a little something for yourself. Yep, yep. And um, I reckon we'll probably talk what do you think another week most likely maybe even sooner than that i hope so I all hope. right you take care of yourself i'm gonna take care of myself and y'all out there take care of yourselves and enjoy enjoy and enjoy Hey, thank you for spending your time with us here at Weird Mountain Gals. We sure do appreciate it. You know, I know time is the most important thing we have. So I promise that if you take your time to listen to us, we'll take our time to continue to be weird. Many thanks to Sunslice Records for all the help. We couldn't do it without you, Craig. Check out our social media for information, community, or a few laughs. W-Y-R-D Mountain Gals. I'm cutting all that out. Nobody needs to hear that. <laughs>